The following program is produced by Sage Advertising and Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla, pleased to be with you today on a very nice February day in northern Nevada. Enjoying the cool weather, the moisture, and an extra day in February. What are you going to do on leap year day Ask yourselves, you got one extra day to enjoy life or do something really fantastic, and you only get one shot every four years. This year, like every four years, February 29th, Leap Year Day. Make it special. Start planning now. Many people are planning on looking at real estate on that day. This could be the year that we invest in real estate. If you've already got real estate, it might be a good time to move up, maybe sell your current home. And take the proceeds and find something that is more suitable, more of a reflection of your lifestyle. How do you do that? Well, you've got to talk to experts. You know, it's tough to navigate the real estate business on your own because we're all so busy. So we bring the experts to you here on our radio show so you can hear what the insiders have to say. Today is no exception. With me in the studio, first of all, Lou Carr. Lou is the branch manager and a mortgage loan officer at Summit Funding. Welcome to the show, Lou. Thanks very much, Peter. It's great to be here. Uh, another great day in northern Nevada, and I have a feeling it's going to be a great show today. It I is, don't know why. I just have that feeling. You know, somehow I think it's because of you, Lou. It seems like you attract great shows. <laughs> I like the way you think. Yes, I'm sure you do. But is, hasn't it been great, the weather, the snow, the, the moisture? It, you know, a lot, it really puts people in a better mood when the climate is cooperating, at least. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, w- with the only downside being maybe the roads sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it is nice to experience all the different climates. And, you know, the snow is really nice. Uh, you know, but as long as it doesn't stick around too long, we can get business done. Makes it a little bit harder sometimes. Yeah, but, that's the beauty. But it, of, it is nice. Mm-hmm. It's the beauty of living in the Truckee Meadows is even if we do get snow here, in a day or so it's gone and it's where it's supposed to be. Up in the mountains. We're just about there right we now. We are. Yes, yes, we are. So a lot of news on the financial front across the country. Our Federal Reserve chairman and adjustments in the mortgage rates. It seemed like just a couple of months ago, everybody was concerned that mortgage rates were going to skyrocket, take off with the Fed announcing increases. They had one increase, but it doesn't seem like it had that effect, does it? No, it really doesn't. And Peter, we talked about about this a little bit um, before, and it's very, uh, it's very, it's actually kind of comical how it works because, you know, the Fed doesn't really change interest rates. They don't actually have a a you know a device that makes the rates change. Mm-hmm. What they do is they they. Uh, adjust economic factors, uh, the cost of the federal funds rate, they might adjust that upwards. And their intention is to attempt to drive rates, mm-hmm. perhaps upwards or sometimes yeah. downwards. Well, this this most recent adjustment that they made middle of December, it's kind of funny because the marketplace, in anticipation of them 
making that change on December 16th, they actually drove the market up a little bit. So on December 16th, when the Fed finally says, okay, we're raising the federal funds rate, it's almost like everybody took a big sigh mm-hmm. and said, oh, well, they finally did it. They've been saying they're going to do it for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally did it. Well, guess what? Since December 16th, rates have trickled downwards, mm-hmm. and they're actually very good right now, Yeah, better than they were on December 16th when the Fed quote, raised the rates. And from my perspective, Lou, rates have been great in the past 10 years. <laughs> That's I mean, correct. really, before that, we were in double digits. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was unbelievable what people paid for as far as interest rates for mortgages. And I'm one of those people. I bought my first home in, early, in the early 80s, and it was in the teens when I did that. Yeah. And we were, we were grateful that we could get yeah. that rate, right, yeah. and lucky to find a house. Right. And we appreciated it. And, you know, our uh, our standards, though, have, have gotten way higher now as far as expecting lower rates, better deals. And the reality is we're getting them now. And uh, in a, it's a big part about the interest rate, but it also comes to the price of the home. And the price of the home has not stayed nearly as stable as the interest rates. Cool. So that's why I'm pleased that today you brought another guest with you. His name is Patrick Allison, and Patrick is a realtor at Ferrari Lund Real Estate. Welcome to our show, Patrick. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure to be here this morning and uh, just enjoying the snow up there in, in those mountains. Yes, very nice to be in northern Nevada this year, especially. Yep. The real estate business, uh, it's always dynamic. It's always ever-changing. Tell us a little bit about how you feel about the real estate market today as a pro at Ferrari Lund. You know, the, the toughest part we're seeing today is just no inventory. Um, new home builders are trying to get houses up faster than uh, they're able to. and. Mm-hmm. People out there are trying to find homes to buy, and just there's no inventory for them to even look at. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is that? Is that that's raised prices? Is raised it? prices. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, the way I look at it is we had a big turn back in '09 when prices went 50 cents on a dollar. I think today the prices are where they're supposed to be if we had normal inflation over the last 10 years or mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think we're seeing a normal um, market at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to see a steady market for the rest of the year. And then 17, 18 is going to be interesting to see what happens when all the companies start opening up. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good time right now to be looking at your situation, mm-hmm. positioning, if you will, your real estate holdings or your plan to buy real estate. Everybody wants a great deal today. But I know that sometimes you have to kind of factor in what the future is going to bring. And I'm finding in talking with people that have their homes already that maybe have considered selling their home that a lot of people are just sitting on them thinking, wow, if the prices went up this much in the last couple of years, maybe it's going to do the same in the next few years. Of course, they're going to have to live someplace. You know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Tomorrow could be higher prices. Tomorrow we could see a drop. Mm -hmm. It's a a finicky market still out there. It's showing strength, but really we're the only market in the United States that's showing the strength. There's talks of the bubble in the Bay Area. All that good stuff. I think we hopefully will have the support from jobs out there to keep the market strong mm-hmm. and keep it an upward uh, slant. But December, January has been higher in the last two years and the summers have been. And it's just a, it's hard to tell. How about this winter? Is there the kind of activity that you had expected? Is it better than expected compared to last year? It's better than expected. Really? Yeah. Really? Good to know. Mm-hmm. And so that bodes well for the spring. That's really when the peak buying season, is it not? Is it when it's toward the end of the uh, spring when school's out? Is that still You know, you think so. I think December, January over the last two years, for myself at least, have been Mm -hmm. higher than the springs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, especially out this winter, are going to be looking to do vacations and get out of the snow and enjoy the sun. 
Um, so it just depends on the, the mood of the market. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, we're under 800 homes right now in the inventory. So if you are planning to sell, it's a good time. It is a selling market um, because there's no inventory. You can ask for a little bit more and you're usually getting it. Yeah, and if you're talking with the right agent, the right lender, you can make your plans as to where you're going to move yep. after you sell because that's always the question is, yeah, I can sell my home now, but can I afford to move? <laughs> We're going to talk about that and more later on our show. Lucar, Summit Funding, it's good to have you back here because a lot of people are still thinking that it's a complicated matter to get started for a mortgage loan so that you can figure out, am I even going to be able to buy anything in 2016 with my job and maybe I had a – uh, divorce a few years back, or I did, was one of the short sale uh, uh, persons, you know, that, that had to take that that hit when the market melted down. Talk to us a little bit about what it takes nowadays to get pre-approved for a mortgage. What are the most important things that prospects should be concerned about? Um, I, I think that the the most important thing that you can do if you if you really want if you're serious about buying a home, mm-hmm. I think one of the first things you need to do is talk to a mortgage person, right. and and if nothing else, just have your financial scenario <coughs> reviewed. Mm-hmm. You you would just not believe how many people will talk to their neighbors or their uh, co-workers or their boss and they will they will develop an impression of what it, it what it takes to purchase a home mm-hmm. and it's rarely a, a true picture of what it takes i i would venture to say that far more people can qualify to for a mortgage loan to purchase a home than realize that they can mm-hmm. um i i'm i'm I am constantly amazed that people come to me and they're, and they're very anxious and and you know it is a, it is a big thing you want to try and buy a home it's a mm-hmm. it's a pretty big purchase but they're very uh, anxious about it and you know a little bit afraid you mm-hmm. know I just it's just a big thing and and it's really you know a fifteen to thirty minute conversation yeah a lot of information we pull a credit report. Uh, get income information, asset information. There are some great vehicles nowadays that you can use to help you purchase a home, and um, so so really, I mean that is that is the the bottom line. Talk to In, a lender first, so yeah, you know right. what In, your map looks like. Income, credit, right? and and so let's say we get together and we chat and we pull that credit report, and maybe there are some issues on there. Everybody can purchase a home. So we can we can help get you to that place. It may take some time, depending on what the what the issues are that you may have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But you know, it might be one month, it might be three months, six months, a year. You can get there. Everybody can do it. It's not that difficult. And to piggyback off Lou, you know, one of the biggest things I re- uh, recommend to my clients is talking to a mortgage lender because the worst thing you want to do is get out there, look for a house, look at a house, and then come mm-hmm. to find out. It's over your budget mm-hmm. or your monthly payment. You could afford it, but the monthly payment's too high for you. Uh, it's a, it's amazing how easy it is. Most of the time, it's literally just a phone call to at least get an idea of where your budget is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize they can't afford more house, and they have been looking at houses that have been unavailable because there's so many people going after them. Yeah. So by an, you're talking about a particular price range. Mm-hmm. So I, I would obviously think that lower price range homes have a lot more interest because oh, yeah. more people can afford them. And that's one way maybe to navigate through this maze of lack of inventory. Perhaps uh, we're shopping in the wrong price range, and that's why we're having a difficult time finding a home. 
with a little bit more capacity to buy a more expensive home that is not in such demand, you may end up getting the home you want for about the same kind of money every month if it's structured properly. Well, it's amazing how much, you know, and Lou could um, elaborate a little bit more, but $5,000, $10,000 will give you 10 to 15 to 20 more homes. And really, it's only a couple bucks more a month in payment. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing if you just find out exactly what you can afford for your payment and for your purchase price, how much is more is available out there for you. And I've had a client or so or more in the past that have told their family, their friends, their neighbors, hey, we're going to buy a house. We're going to buy a house before seeing the lender. And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing oh, yeah. when you have to come back later and say, well, I'm not going to buy one because I, <laughs> I didn't qualify for my, my loan. So uh, to our audience, I just want to say if you really want to be have things tight, don't talk to anybody other than your spouse or your immediate contacts that you need to about your interested, interest in buying a home until you're pre-approved. You might even have better news, like you're going to move to the east side versus the west side or the more affluent side or get a bigger lot or maybe get a ranch instead of a a smaller home. Lots of options if you talk to the pros, and we have them in the studio today. Lou Carr, branch manager and mortgage loan originator at Summit Funding, and Patrick Allison, realtor at Ferrari Lund Real Estate in northern Nevada. We've got more after this message. This is Candace Meyer, Managing Broker at Coldwell Banker Select. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he is extremely knowledgeable about real estate. What a fount of information. Street smarts on the house. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-F-U-N-D-I-N-G dot net forward slash L-C-A-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. NMLS number 3199 and NMLS number 1042857. And we are an equal housing lender. Summit Funding Incorporated is located at 5931 Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105, Sparks, Nevada, 89436. 
This is Timothy Johnston, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Northern Nevada. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because of the connections he provides. Street Smarts on the house. You're tuned in to 1060 KFOY, the Lotus Broadcast Station here in Northern Nevada. We have been on the air now in our 11th year every week. Whew! Talking real estate and real estate for investors. Always having a good time. Always meeting great people. Many of the people that come to our shows sometimes come back. One of those persons is Dave Washburn. Dave was disappointed that he couldn't join us today. He's here with us almost every show. But Dave wanted to let our listeners know that Socotra Capital Nevada is available to help with any closings on real estate transactions that require a very important element, cash. Really, many times home buyers are competing with cash buyers, people that can lay it all out and make a deal happen fast. And sellers many times prefer those kinds of deals because there's less time to wait. Sometimes there's less complications. And let's face it, cash is king. If you want to be able to deal with a cash transaction but you don't have all the money, that's where Dave Washburn can help you. Socotra Capital is a licensed hard money lender in Nevada. Yet, they are still regulated by the federal government in the sense that they have all of the guidelines and and, uh, policies that they have to follow to make sure that clients are treated fairly and efficiently. Nothing better than closing a real estate transaction, especially if it's an investment transaction, and knowing that it's going to be profitable because you got a great price by paying cash. Want more details? You need to talk to Dave Washburn. At Socotra Capital, you can reach Dave by calling him on the telephone, 775-420-4990. And all of his contact information is on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. In the studio today, I have two outstanding guests, and I'm joined in my conversation with Patrick Allison. He is a realtor at Ferrari Lund here in northern Nevada. And also with us is Lou Carr. Lou's the branch manager and a mortgage loan originator at Summit Funding. Gentlemen, you two know each other. You've done some transactions with each other in the past. Have you not, Lou? Yeah, we sure have. We've actually done some uh, some very interesting deals. We like to, we like to uh, challenge the norm mm-hmm. is the way we like to put it. Yeah, we had a transaction uh, uh, closed a few months ago that probably took a little longer than the normal deal. But, uh, you know, a little little duct tape here and a little... Uh, <laughs> A little massaging there, and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I I have to say that um, you know the real estate industry, Patrick, you know, they rely on us, the lenders, to get these deals done sometimes, yep. and 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 one of the keys that I think gets lost in the shuffle is the, the lender and the real estate agent really working closely together, you know, communicating. And, and just kind of being on the same page on a transaction. And mm-hmm. so, like, this particular one did take us a long time, but it did have a lot of components to it, and we eventually got it closed. We had a cooperating seller who, you know, was not in an urgent situation, and... Um, yeah, you know, you think back on it, Patrick, it went really fast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as you yeah. go week by week by week, and it was just a, you know, a series of events. But but we did get it closed, and I think that's a tribute mm-hmm. to everybody yeah. that was involved in the transaction. I think it's important for our listeners to know that having been in a real estate transaction quickly, or recently rather, 
about how critical it is that you've got your team on board. And if you're getting a mortgage, you've got a mortgage lender. If you're getting a, a, a piece of property through the realtor, and in most cases a realtor is involved, there's a second element. Of course, then you have inspections, and then there's a requirement for title and escrow. And sometimes the homes need a repair or something fixed before they close. Patrick, at your office at Ferrari Lund, do you find that most of the complexities or, let's say, minutiae of closing a transaction, are they, are they more individual-related, like for the buyer or seller, or are they about the property? No, it's it's uh, related to the buyer and seller, and it's amazing how many times a, a deal can fall through when you don't have everyone on your team mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on the other side where the other agent, you're picking up the pieces for the other agent just because lack of experience or lack of one or whatever that may be. So it, mm-hmm. it's amazing uh, to be able to pick a good real estate agent, especially a good lender that can help you through the transaction because most people are, have full-time jobs, 40, 50, 60 hours, and mm-hmm. Don't have time to be chasing stuff and doing inspections and chasing the repairs. And mm-hmm. if you don't have someone on your side 100% that's willing to do a lot for you, um, your deal just won't happen. I like to equate it uh, for some of the people I talk to about like going to court. So if you have to go to court for a traffic violation or a small claims or anything, even and then you don't go to major, you want to be represented by an attorney because – the opposing side also has their own representation of attorney, and a real estate transaction is somewhat like that because, like you mentioned, you're maybe the agent for the buyer, but the seller has their own real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to negotiate with that person or deal with them, and vice versa. If you're representing the seller, then you want to make sure that you're prepared for the buyers and the buyer's agents. A lot of times when I've talked to people about buying real estate, they want to meet on the weekends too because they're busy working all week long. So what happens there? The pool is thinned out. People don't generally like to work on weekends unless they absolutely have to. But the realtors, you're the guys that are out there. I mean, that's your busy time of the week, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. And, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, mm-hmm. um, showing houses with flashlights. Um, uh, I've been blessed. I partnered up with another real estate agent. Uh, his name's Victor. And um, I have three kids at home and he hasn't been blessed with children yet, so it's a little bit easier sometimes uh, on our aspect to be able to work 24-7. Mm-hmm. And we do do that, you know, and you got to be able to do that. Um, Me and inspectors at 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever it takes. I've been at people's houses getting stuff signed at 8.30 at night for my lenders. Um, you know, whatever it takes to make sure that client gets their dream home. Somebody, and, and, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Victor watches the kids sometimes for you, right? <laughs> he tries not to, but <laughs> yeah. I, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I talked to another realtor not long ago. He said that he loves the real estate business because he gets to pick his own hours 24-7. Yeah, right? yep, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's off and on duty at the same time all the time. Yep. But it's a great service that you guys provide because most people, they're maybe going to buy one home, two homes. You know, if they're active, let's say every five years, maybe half a dozen homes in their lifetime. It's not like buying a car or buying furniture where you can just go in, look at it, pick the price and go. There are lots of complexities. And it's an ever-moving target as well. Things are changing all the time. It wasn't long ago we were talking about short sales, foreclosures, bank-owned properties. Are there many of those deals still left? You know, it, it, it's uh, sporadic. Uh, there's a bunch of REOs that just popped back on the market, foreclosures, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, short sales are sporadic still. Short sales are starting to phase out. The market's come back to the point where a lot of people can get out of their houses. And a lot of people are amazed that they even could get out of their houses. And it's mm-hmm. worth calling an agent to have them run comps and see if their house is 
above water finally, which mm-hmm. 90% of the people are almost there. Yeah. Um, REOs are going to be there for a while just because it's taking so long for the banks to get paperwork done and, you know, get the liens uh, taken care of and get the deeds cleared and all that. So, I mean, it's one month you'll see 20 of them. The next month you won't see any of them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I was uh, also looking at what some of the trends are of what people are wanting to buy now and what they want their homes to look like. It seems like people are still wanting, in general, larger homes than what their parents had and that they want more amenities than what their parents had, which leads a lot of people toward new construction because that's about the only way to get it. How's that activity for you? Well, it's the United States. Everyone wants bigger, better, and yeah. the best. Um, you know, new construction is great. Uh, the lender, or the new developers are out there pushing. They're not pushing like they were in 06, 05 for all the good reasons of why they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the market is dictating, though, and is calling for it. So they're all um, full steam mm-hmm. ahead. I think investors, um, I know there's been a lot of bad talk about people that flipped homes or do, done investing. I think they're doing a, a justice to the area. There's a lot of homes that got mistreated, that got um, just not cared for through those times. And I think a lot of investors have come through, updated them, um, and brought them to today's standards. So I think that's really helped the economy out and the market out in Reno alone. Oh, yeah. And they invest their time, their effort, their money. And there's always an element of risk when you make 100%. an investment in money like that. You have to make sure that you get out of it what you put into it. I know many investors, in fact, that buy homes as is. And they can make great deals on them, but sometimes they find major, major problems that no one told them about. And suddenly a deal where they were going to make a fair amount of profit, no more. They've got to at least cut their losses so they finish it up. The home buyer is the beneficiary. They find a home. They get a home that's ready to move in. So I value and, again, appreciate what investors do like you because they really do make the market move. Yeah. You know, the flip flip those houses TV shows don't show you the true colors of what – really goes on behind the scenes. You know, you take a wall down, you realize there's been a fire or a flood, and mm-hmm. you start replacing half the house just because you got to make it to code and you got to make it safe for the next buyer. Right, and maybe going in, all you thought you had to do was replace that wall, yep. put in some carpet, and you're money ahead, but it doesn't always <laughs> work like that. And people look on, people check county records on a transaction that took place, and all they see is the buy price and the sell price. Yep. They don't see all the 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 physical dollars and then the mm-hmm. time and effort that goes into that. So it can be misleading for a lot of people. Yeah. Lou, when you are doing a deal for a client that's been pre-approved and they find a home, they're working with Patrick, they make the offer, you are also looking at that home closely. I know that there's the appraisal, but there's even more than that. Talk about your analysis as an institutional lender of the actual property. Well, it, it can depend on the product that the, that the buyer is using. When I say the product, that's the loan product, is be it a conventional loan or FHA, VA, or USDA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do think that there's less of a difference in those four than there used to be. Um, conventional is probably the, the uh, most liberal or the easiest to uh, fund a loan on, you know, you, maybe you don't need a stove. But there's a lot of people out there that think that a conventional loan, it's okay if there's broken windows or, you know, a <laughs> leaky roof or, you know, yeah, Patrick's chuckling over here because he knows, you know, you, you still have to have a healthy, safe, functioning household in most circumstances. Mm-hmm. So from the lender's perspective, that's pretty much what we're looking for. Um, but there are – FHA loans require a little bit more than conventional. 
um, but it's not as big a deal as it used to be. A VA transaction requires a pest report, and that pest report has to be clear. Um, but, you know, every lender has a little bit different viewpoint of what's clear on a mm-hmm. pest report and what's not. Mm-hmm. Summit Funding's got a pretty good viewpoint on that. Some companies will make you clear Section 1 and Section <coughs> 2 items. Summit Funding usually does not do that, just mostly uh, a Section 1. But there are always issues when it comes to water, if you've got water leakage or broken windows or um you know, the appraiser will, in most cases, uh, point out items that, that could be an issue. So those are typically the things that we're going to look at. And that would apply to all loan products. And I know one of the most important reports, Lou, is the appraisal. We're going to talk about the appraisal and more about buying real estate and real estate for investors after this message. This is William Process president of Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla right here at KFOY 1060 AM. Peter Padilla is important to me because he gets the information out, especially to our veteran population. Street smarts on the house. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-U-L-B-E-R-T.com, or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Thank you. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. This is Diane Heaton, realtor at REMAX Realty Affiliates. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is on the air. Thank you, Peter. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla. I'm your host, and I'm happy to be with you every week on our show talking about real estate and real estate for investors. You know, you make people really happy when you give them things. A gift is always appreciated. How about if you tell your fiance or your spouse, we're going to get a home. That's about the best gift that you can offer somebody, especially if they're currently renting. Rents are going up dramatically in northern Nevada, just as they are all across the country. But I think we feel it here even more because home buyers are challenged by the fact that inventory is so low. So if you have an opportunity to buy investment property, you almost have a natural market that's ready for you as renters. Either the people want to rent because that's their preference. They might be at a time in their life when they'd rather rent and not have the obligations of home ownership, Or they might just be waiting for their opportunity to buy the dream home of their life too. But in the meantime, they're renters. And that bodes well for real estate investors. One thing that new investors have to think about is that they're really going into business when they buy that first investment property. You not only have the property taxes and the upkeep, but you have the maintenance and you have to protect yourself against lawsuits, frivolous lawsuits, and lawyers at large. 
The best way to do that is to incorporate your business. Even if it's just one rental home that you have, you've got to talk to Sherry Hill from Sage International. Sherry is the wealth protection diva, and she helps realtors and real estate investors all across the country establish the right kind of entity so that they get maximum protection and ultimately maximum return on their real estate holdings. If you want to find out more and have a personal consultation with Sherry Hill, call her here in Northern Nevada at 775-786-5515. And all of Sherry Hill's contact information from Sage International is on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Today in the studio, I have two guests, Lou Carr from Summit Funding. He's a branch manager. He's also a mortgage loan originator, so he's in the trenches. Lou, glad you're with us today. Thanks very much, Peter. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You always bring good content and good insight to our radio show. And today, you also brought another great guest with you that we're having fun and having a good time talking with. Patrick Allison is with us. He's a realtor at Ferrari Lund. Hope you're enjoying being here with us today, too, Patrick. I am, sir. It's a pleasure being here and excited. Well, we're excited, too, about the fact that you are a rising star I understand. Closed a lot of deals last year. What do you attribute your success to as far as the way that you do business? Honestly? Yeah. I pick up my phone. You actually call people. <laughs> and I answer the phone. You answer call. the phone. Yeah. That's the two things. Lou, take concept, notes. It's Thomas. amazing agents that don't do that. You know? I always wondered about that. Yeah. Why, why it seems like people go into real estate. Look, I understand that maybe 80 to 90% of the realtors – in northern Nevada and maybe across the country, don't really do hardly any business. Most of the business comes from a very small percentage of realtors. So let me ask you, why, why do you think people get into the real estate business when they're not really going to be active? What are they thinking about? Uh, they have a friend or a family that wants to buy a house, and they mm-hmm. figure they collect them commission on it most of the time. Yeah. Other times it's uh, you know it's a second income, and people just want to part somewhere to do something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and on the surface, it sounds like an easy business. You sell a home, you get paid. You sell a home, you get paid. You Somebody buys a home, you get paid. Well, I know, it's no wonder people line up for that, but there's more to it than that, I know. Yeah, it's a, it's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my phone's on 24-7. I've had phone calls at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so you have to have the energy to pull it off, right? Because you've got to be ready to go. Yeah. The want, the desire. And you help. The, I think you have to be somewhat of a pleaser. You have to – you like people to say, wow, thank you. I love what you do. You get a lot of satisfaction from that, I'm sure. It's it's a thankless job sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing how many uh, people out there don't think real estate agents do anything, and uh, mm-hmm. how much we actually have to do behind the scenes that they don't see to make something happen for them. You know, they're probably talking to that eighty to ninety percent of the realtors that really don't. Let's face it, they really don't know what they're doing. They don't have the experience to pull off the deals, the complex deals that are out there in today's real estate environment. I don't see it getting really much easier because, like the mortgage business, I'm sure guidelines change and. Rules and regulations change, licensing change. You guys have to take a lot of classes, too, in your business. Yep. I think Lou would agree with this. It's, we're glorified problem solvers. Problem That's basically, solvers. basically mm-hmm. what we are. You know, yep. you got if you can't think outside the box or solve the problem at hand, you're, you're most likely not going to be able to close a deal or, or get most of the deals done because there's always a situation that's uncontrollable or mm-hmm. something that needs to be figured out. Mm-hmm. So you really have to be an investigator, and you have to ask a lot of questions. Yep. And uh, – and to close a transaction, everybody's got to be on that same wavelength, in that same groove. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Peter, I have to say that one of the coaches that coaches us, the loan originators at Summit Funding, mm-hmm. he, he uh, 
uh, you know, has a saying about about us in this business. You know, if if they ever figure out how to just push a button and you know, every you get a loan and mm-hmm. you, you just you, you you go online, you find a house, you drive over, you say that looks okay, push a button and you get a loan. Mm-hmm. They're not going to need real estate agents and lenders and mm-hmm. all that. But but Patrick hit the nail on the head. He's exactly right. <clears throat> There, you know, there are a couple transactions, maybe a year, where everything really goes very smooth and mm-hmm. and you know nothing happens. But really, the reason we're here is for the problems that arise. Yeah, and, and yeah. they are numerous. You've got title issues and appraisal issues and emotional issues, buyers and sellers mm-hmm. and and underwriters with the lender and mm-hmm. guidelines. And I mean, it's just there's a multitude of things that that come up during the process. And, you know, I've been doing this a long time, maybe 20, almost 25 years. And I learn new things all the time. I mm-hmm. mean, it just stuff that comes up. I've never seen that before. And, and so you have to figure out a way to get around that. And and there's a lot of people that will give up on that, that mm-hmm. don't go the extra mile. It's kind of a challenge, actually. You know, if you view it in that sense, then you also have the reward of mm-hmm. you know, we get paid when a transaction closes. You also have to remember we might put a month or two months or six months or a year into a deal that doesn't close. There's no pay for that. That's mm-hmm. you know, that's experience, we call it. So you, you get that investment. You give that investment of time and effort before the deal closes. Correct. Yeah, and you have to take care of everybody. You need to treat people the way they want to be treated, and that's how you get business. A recommendation for the listeners out there is we learn a lot through transactions. You know, the, the classes we take and stuff like that, they're very generic. They're very um, to protect you, you as a realtor. But you really learn the life experiences through transactions. And mm-hmm. so while they're looking for real estate agents out there, recommend, you know, looking to see how many transactions they've done. Because the more transactions they've done, the more problem solving and ideas that get you into the house of your dreams, mm-hmm. they're going to have than someone's just started or just does one or two deals a year. They haven't seen most of it. Um, you know, I've, I've sat down with my lenders before and even helped them work through problems, not mm-hmm. saying I know their job by any means, but just another outside view of looking at a deal helps, you yeah. know, and, and vice versa. So mm-hmm. um, I, I do recommend that, you know, whoever it may be that they want to go down the road with is look to see how many transactions they've completed in l- at least the last 12 months, if not more. Yeah, yeah. Good indication of what the future holds is a recent past last year, two, three. It's a great way to find out if you're dealing with the right people. And, you know, quite frankly, it doesn't matter whether it's a real estate transaction or any business transaction or a personal relationship. You need to know a little bit about the history of the individual that you're working on because it can make all the difference in the world. When we were going out of the last break, we were talking about some of the things that you have to deal with, Lou, when it's time to get that final paperwork put together. One of the things I know that you deal with is when you get the appraisal on the home that your client's looking to buy. Maybe, Patrick, you set up the deal and you established a price, the offer's in. Then the appraisal shows up. Well, a lot of times that appraisal is going to come in not quite at value or maybe a little over value. So let's talk about that. When appraisal comes in and it's lower than the value of the deal, what are some of the options or is the deal dead? Um, no, it's rarely dead. I I've, I've can maybe think of a deal or two over the last couple of years where it's actually – uh, killed the transaction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there really are just three options. It either comes in at purchase price or it's above or it's below. 
Um, and if it's below, then what we typically do, you know, I have an agent, I have a buyer who has a real estate agent and there is a real estate agent for the seller. So what I'll do is I'll consult with the buyer first because it is the buyer's appraisal. And my recommendation is always that we bring in the buyer's agent and, and you know, let them know what's going on, give them a copy of the appraisal. And what we're going to do is we're going to you know, the, the agent is going to present that to the other side, to the seller, mm-hmm. and, you know, in most cases, recommend <laughs> that they lower the purchase price to the appraised value. In some instances, you might have a buyer who really wants a home and might be willing to pay above the appraised value, normally in an appreciating market. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's always an option. But I would say, probably 95% of the time, the seller will lower the price down to the appraised value. So that they can sell the deal and move on. And and I would imagine sometimes they're pretty close. There's not like it's a major, major hit. Yeah, every once in a while. And and normally, if an appraisal is going to come in low, it's probably because it's a unique home, Mm -hmm. might be a a beautiful home, but it might be over-improved for a, a neighborhood. Somebody just went above and beyond. They just wanted a beautiful house. Well, you can you you might appraise low in that circumstance, mm-hmm. and it's not it's hard to understand because the seller is saying, but, "But my house is much better than all these other ones." Mm-hmm. Well, as a lender, <clears throat> we are looking at it from the standpoint of if we lend this money, and the the buyer doesn't make the payments on the loan, we have to take that house back. That's our yeah. security for the for the loan. And so if we have to turn around and try and sell it, and now we're back to where we were before, what's it really worth? It's only worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. Yeah. So, you know, if it's over-improved, you can sell it, but not, not maybe for what someone's personal opinion is. When, so, that, when that appraisal arrives on your desk that the buyer has ordered, paid for, what kind of assurance do you have, does the buyer have, all parties in fact, that that appraisal is unbiased, that it was really a true value as opposed to that maybe that appraiser had a, had a business relationship or a family relationship with one of the parties? Well, it's an issue that's been dealt with for the most part in, in how this works now. It used to be in the business prior to the mortgage meltdown and all the issues in the business. It used to be that as a as a lender, I could take a transaction in and I could call you know, a half a dozen appraisers and, you know, maybe I could, my buddy Joe Bob might might appraise a home, you know, I tell him, hey, look, we need this to get a deal done. And, and so appraisers, you know, unfortunately, as a part of the business, appraisers might be inclined to try and get that higher value because they want to please the lender so that they'll get more business from the lender. You know, nowadays, what they've done is we now have a panel of appraisers and the appraiser licensing and scrutiny and guidelines have increased tremendously since those days. So now we have a panel of maybe 20 appraisers and we order the appraisal and it goes through basically a hopper where the the appraisers are randomly selected. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the underwriter after the appraisal is done, whether it's high or low or the value or the purchase price, uh, we have an underwriter who is going to scrutinize that appraisal and might have some questions about it. And we look at it from the standpoint of we're sitting on the buyer's shoulders and we're trying to make sure that they don't they don't pay too much money for a house 
you know, we, we kind of guide the transaction in that sense. Mm-hmm. Patrick Allison is with us as well. Patrick is a realtor at Ferrari Lund Real Estate, along with Lou Carr, here a branch manager from Summit Funding. So, Patrick, when we were talking about this appraisal, I'm wondering if when appraisers go out to look at a home, are they really looking at the current values of the day? Are they maybe looking at what's projected down the road? Are they maybe looking at historical numbers? Well, you know, a couple of things. First of all, appraisal is completely opinionated. I mean, it's the opinion of that appraiser. There is no guidebook out there to say what a house is worth. Um, even with comps that support it, it's still – they really look at the whole picture mm-hmm. of the market. Um, they don't care about tomorrow. They care about yesterday um, is more than anything. Tomorrow could change. So mm-hmm. a lot of them are um, – they don't want to be sued, quote unquote. Right, I've had an right. appraiser tell me. Um, you know, the biggest thing that if someone's looking to either invest and flip or even fix up their own home to sell, um, I recommend they talk to a real estate agent prior because there's a lot of things you could do to a house that will not build value. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had appraisers that we've flipped a home and we told them, hey, we spent $10,000 fixing this. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, either it needed to be fixed so it doesn't build value or it was something that didn't matter, you know, crown molding, stuff like that. Um, it will help to sell the house, mm-hmm. but it won't help the value of the house. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you don't overdo it sometimes when exactly. you're doing repairs or upgrade because if it doesn't fit the market, you're not going to realize the benefits of that, of that modification or improvement. Gentlemen, I want to talk to you too about some of the statistics that I've seen recently in the most updated report from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors, looking at things like affordability, median prices, and more. But we have to take a quick break, so hang on, and we'll be back after this message. This is Patrick Allison, Realtor at Ferrari Lund. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he helps me get my message across to potential clients out there. Thank you, Peter. Many times, closing a real estate deal fast is the key to getting the great deal done. At Socotra Capital, we help you get the money fast. This is Dave Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments at Socotra Capital. We are a hard money lender for real estate transactions that need to close fast, way before banks or institutional financing can complete the deal. We're ready to talk to you about closing your transaction quickly, and we can get you the money fast. Visit www.socotracapitalnevada.com or call 775-420-4990 for a personal appointment. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. David Washburn's NMLS agent number 51269, NMLS 331429, MLD 4075, company NMLS number 1142425, Socotra Capital, Nevada, Incorporated. Hello, this is John Williamson from Dixon Realty in Truckee, California. I'm on Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Next week, right here on KFOY 1060 AM Radio. Tune in next Wednesday at 1 p.m. to learn about real estate in northern Nevada and Truckee, California. If you're a real estate investor, you won't want to miss this radio show. Street Smarts on the house. This is Peter Padilla. Nevada Real Estate Radio is now in its 11th year. We're having a great time every week talking with the experts and giving feedback 
to our callers who want more questions answered. If you would like to talk to me or want to ask questions about our guests after the show, feel free to call me, 775-223-3428. And you can also connect with us by visiting our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. We're talking with Lou Carr from Summit Funding. He's a branch manager, and he's also a mortgage loan originator. Lou, I always like it when the boss is actually in the trenches, too. In the past, I've had other jobs where the boss seems to think everything is easy, and it's just going to get done overnight, and they can't understand why things happen. In your business, you really are intimately involved with the whole process. Yeah, and sometimes I don't feel like the boss. That's the problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, shouldn't I be able to like wave my hand and the problems all go away? Well, you would think. <laughs> I'm sure that's you, what the complainers have to say. Yeah, that's right. You know, Peter, it it really does help you understand the business. I you know I know a lot of mortgage companies have what we call non-producing managers, and mm-hmm. and some of them are very good, and and some are not. And uh, um, you know, but it does really help. I mean, you know, you, when you want to solve a problem, if you've seen it before or you know the people to go to talk to, you know, I, I mean, I would not hesitate if I had a problem on a, a deal that is being flipped, perhaps. And I know Patrick does that all the time. You know, I would have no problem calling him up and, and just, you know, hey, can you help me through this? And mm-hmm. I offer the same thing to him. Mm-hmm. I don't care what transaction you're on. If you need something, just give me a call. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like we talked about before, we all need to be pulling the train the same direction. If we're all just trying to get transactions closed, we're all working hard. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the game. It's so funny. I watch a little bit of late night television, Lou. You know, I'm up late at night. It's kind of my nature. I see these commercials for these national mortgage lenders. It's unbelievable. You know, they're talking about being able to close a deal in 10 minutes. And they say, just get on the phone. I know I'm going to be talking to somebody from India or some foreign <laughs> country halfway around the world. But they, I think it's so misleading that they make it sound so easy because, as we've talked about, everybody seems to have some issues that need to be addressed and need to be scrutinized. They need to be ground down a little bit so you can find out how you can solve the root of the problem. And you cannot do that unless you absolutely have people that you're working with that you know, like, and trust. That trust factor is huge in the real estate and mortgage business. It is. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, and I think those the, the <clears throat> trust factor especially is imperative through the process because when those problems come up, you need to know that your real estate agent or your lender are – they're watching out for your best interest. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned something about the, the online um, and I, the online advertisements. And I have seen some recently where they, they do make it sound so easy to, to go online and get yourself pre-approved uh, to purchase a home. So now you have a pre-approval letter. Well, speaking from a ton of experience in this area, one of the problems in our business is the work that goes into the Mm pre-approval. If I don't do a good enough job up front and try and fend off as many issues as I can, you know, uh, with the borrower, not so much the property because they haven't even selected one yet. But, but, you know, Patrick will tell you, you know, he has transactions that get down to the end and all of a sudden there's a problem Mm -hmm. on the Mm -hmm. financing side. And I'm not going to tell anybody that, that we can do – we can catch every you know, 100% of the problems. But the more work you do in the beginning stages of the, 
of the process and the pre-approval. And I have an online application system too, and people will go in and put information in there, but I have to go in to that file and and really scrutinize it, make sure it's done correctly, because people don't understand how we look at things as lenders. Mm-hmm. You might you might make a certain dollar amount of income over the course of a year, but that doesn't mean that we're just going to divide that by 12 and that's your income. There's mm-hmm. a lot more that goes into it. So, you know, to get a pre-approval that's going to have value to the real estate agent, to the seller that's going to give that transaction the greatest possibility or probability of closing in the end, you've got to do a lot of work up front. So a pre-approval sounds easy, but it's really not. And the important thing about it, the the important word there is pre. It's before you get to the next stages, which is finding the home and verification of all the data that you got. And and, and to follow that up, there's one last step after we do that pre-approval. If we haven't seen the documentation yet, we're going to request that from the borrower to finish that pre-approval. Because again, sometimes people will say, this is what I earned, but it, it doesn't always pan out the way they say it. We also have in the studio today, we have Patrick Allison. He's a realtor at Ferrari Lund. And Patrick, I'm looking at one of the most recent reports from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. You were talking earlier in the show about how there's really not that many homes available in the market. Looking at the 13-month median trend graph that I've got here from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors, it looks like it's actually flattened out for the last few months. You know, I think it's helping. I think it's uh, it's showing that the market is true. It's not just another burst like we're going through in 05 and 06. Mm-hmm. I think it's showing the true colors of the market that, hey, listen, we just basically reset it to back to where we're supposed to be at this time. Mm-hmm. And now we should go to hopefully a steady increase like it's supposed to be, um, That you know, in the in the past is shown. But also, is it going to make money? That's really what it's about, isn't it, when you buy investment property? It is. It is. And it helps actually on the turnaround for clients too. You know, you can actually – see a deal that they could put some sweat equity into it themselves mm-hmm. and be okay in it, you know, six months to a year from now. Um, I've had a client that bought one uh, about a year ago, and he's going to put it back on the market and almost double his money on it. Mm. Um, and he didn't have to do that much. You mm-hmm. know, it was just the right opportunity for him. A lot of people that want to get into investing, I talk to them all the time. They tell me they've been looking at being an investor for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, all their life. They don't pull the trigger. What is the reason you think that holds them back? Money is one of them, and uh, Sakosha Capital is a great place to go, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, we use them, and uh, they've been great to us, and they're very friendly. And, uh, you know, just you got to realize that you don't need a ton of cash in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You can go out there and do it. It's just taking the risk. You know, it's, I was taught when I was a kid, the bigger the risk, the bigger reward. It's crazy. You know, you got a lot of people out there have talked down about investors, but they forget that they took the leap and they did, you know, took the chance, and they yeah. could have lost it all, mm-hmm. and I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, been part of it, and mm-hmm. uh, or they can win it all. Either yeah. one. I like the analogy. You know, when we, I love to look at wild birds, right, in their nature, and I see the baby eagle getting pushed out of the nest, <laughs> and man, that's got to be scary, right? Him tossed out of that nest for the first time. You've got all this love, and coddling, <laughs> food. You got everything, and suddenly, boom, it's you. They always seem to make it. They always make it because they're trained, they're they're ready, they're confident. And that's probably what investment is like, too. It's like sports. You can talk all the talk in the sidelines or in the sta- stadium, but until you're on the field playing the game, it's it's totally different. Totally different. Got to have the right mentality. Yeah. Right. You know, Peter, if you think about it, uh, it, people who flip properties, you know, the ones that are continuing to do it and do a fair amount of it, they do make a good living. 
but every single one of them had a first deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that was the that was new to them too, but mm-hmm. they did a little bit of homework or they got a little bit of experience and that's really what it takes. You got to dive in and work with somebody else or do it try doing it yourself, but it just you know, you got to go for it. Absolutely. You got to get started, take that first step on your journey and before long you'll be where you want to be. I'm glad you were with us today, Lou from Summit Funding and Hopefully, you'll come back to visit us real soon. I will. Thanks very much again for having me. Um, I, it's always a great show. It's always a lot of information. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to come back. Thank you. And you brought Patrick Allison with you from Ferrari London. It's a great way to connect us. And, Patrick, you had a lot of great uh, insight. And for you've sure. got a lot of energy in the business. And that's what it takes right now. If you want a realtor, he, he or she better have a lot of energy because you're one busy guy. Yep. Nonstop. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll be coming back to visit with us again soon. But in the meantime, give us the best way to reach you. Uh, Feel free to text or call me at 775-772-7812. All right. And we've got your contact information on our radio website, Patrick, so people can find you easily. Great. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. Now in our 11th year at Nevada Real Estate Radio. Please tell your friends and family to tune in too so we can help them make a great deal on real estate. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.